Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of courage to be curious. I'm part of our year-long journey in thinking about courageous connections. I was recently at a networking event. I was actually giving a presentation and shout out to the King of Prussia Polka Dot Powerhouse group of women entrepreneurs and thanks to um, Jody Silverman for being my sponsor there. And Jessica DeLuise from Eat Your Way to Wellness, who is the chapter president and does an absolutely phenomenal job of bringing this group of entrepreneurs together for a very, really valuable networking once a month. So while I was at the event, we all got up and introduced ourselves, as often happens at networking events, and this one woman stood up and she introduced herself and a program that she's been involved with that I found interesting. I got curious about it. And I got curious about it because she got up and said, I want to talk about the five-year marriage. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And then she said something about being on her sixth or seventh five-year marriage. And I was even more baffled now. So after the presentation, I went over to talk with her and find out a little bit more about what the five-year marriage is. As many of you know, I spent a long time as heading up Divorce Essentials and talking with people who were either navigating divorce or meeting challenges in their primary relationship. And so I know a thing or two about marriages that struggle and strain and the toll that it takes and what people grapple with as marriages get to that place. In my practice, I sometimes had people who pursued divorces, sometimes marriages that found their way back together again, and sometimes people are on the other side of a partner who was pursuing a divorce. But in all the cases that I spoke with people, one thing that was always true is that the two people in partnership had hit some roadblocks, and those roadblocks were feeling daunting, producing a lot of dissatisfaction, oftentimes mistrust, and leaving people feeling really vulnerable, uncomfortable, and often not sure what to do or how to move things forward. Relationships are difficult. I haven't said this in a while, so I'll take the liberty of saying it again here is that part of what makes relationships so difficult is that even though two people can look like humanoids together or share some similarities in their background or some values or in their upbringing or things like that, and that's under certain circumstances, sometimes they don't share very much of that at all, you basically have two systems that are fascinatingly and incredibly different in how they operate. There are simply no two people who have operating systems that are really similar. So things can kind of look similar on the surface, but then when you kind of move below deck a little bit or you dig under the earth to the roots a little bit, you start to diff- you start to realize that, wow, the operating systems that are informing and um, these two people are really, really different. Everything from little traumas that are in the background to ways 
the nuances of how you think about family or the nuances of how people think about money together or the nuances of how people think about how to spend evening time or what wake-up routines should look like. I mean, there's just everything. I'll remind everybody again that the brain is actually filled with trillions of synaptic connections all holding information and belief systems and memories and understandings and ways of thinking that are completely different from the person they're standing next to, no matter who that person is. So given all of that, sometimes it amazes me that relationships work at all, that we can ever find enough commonality of understanding to make it be successful. So it almost doesn't surprise me when we hit those snags. It's almost like we have to hit those snags. How could we not? <coughs> but then the question becomes is what do we do when we hit those snags and what tools do we have to work in those moments with our partner when we do hit them? And this is something that I talk about a lot because you know we learn all kinds of things in school or we go to training for ballet or to learn to play the saxophone or theater school or scuba diving school or you know we've got school to learn all kinds of things but can anyone recall the last time you sat in a class where somebody taught you the skills of working through communication issues when they crop up in relationship i don't know about you but i never had a class in such a thing i guess i should say i never had a class until i went and got trained as a coach and then I actually did have a class and some of that was able to acquire some of the skills. But in essence, there are no courses and there are no classes that we get that teach us how are we going to form a long-term relationship with another person when there's so many unpredictable things that could arise and every two people, even though there's some patterns as to things that many marriages encounter and all of that, that every single person's experience is going to be different. There simply is really no class for that. And so we're thrown into these situations. Parenting is another one, right? There's no class that prepares you for that. So we're thrown into these situations of like marriage and parenting, and then often the two of them come together. The most difficult things that we'll ever be completely unprepared for. And we're told, go. And very often, people make their first go at marriage when they're in their 20s or 30s. Not everybody, but many people do. They jump in the game of marriage and then children sometime in their 20s and 30s. So there's not even a lot of life history behind. And now we're off and racing in these two endeavors that are the hardest things we'll ever do and the things we're least prepared to do. And we're expected to go. And there's also this underlying notion that not only... Do you just go without the training? But everybody's watching because, of course, everybody's watching your marriage and your parenting. It's, it's a very public thing out there in some respects. And there's no manual as to what to do when you start encountering issues. And then there's this, this added pressure that marriage is for life. And if you get married in your 20s or 30s, and these days we're living till 100, you could be talking about 70, somewhere between, you know, 65 to 80 years of being with somebody. And that if you don't, if that doesn't work, you have somehow failed. And as much as we hate to fail, think about school, right? As much as we hate to fail, think about a new 
thing that we're learning to do? Would we like to fail at learning to ride a bicycle? Would we like to fail our test? The pressure of failing at something can become so intense. Now take a marriage, take a marriage that's hit a rough spot, take the fear of it failing and the public nature with what that failing would mean, and it is a heck of a lot of pressure. So anyway, Adina, where is all this going? Like, why are you talking to us all about this? So I met this woman, I'll go back again to the story, I met this woman and she gets up and she presents something about the five-year marriage. So we start talking, what is this thing, the five-year marriage, actually about? And it's based on a book by Anne-Marie Kelly called The Five-Year Marriage. And it's where Anna really, Anne-Marie really takes on this idea and this pressure that we've put on ourselves of looking towards something that is for our life, what that means to us, and then all the things that could come in. And so let me just give you a little hint of what it's about. This is just a little blurb about the book. And she or somebody who wrote the back of her book says, is marriage dead? If it is, it's because too many couples are frustrated by and disillusioned with the empty promises of old school traditional marriage. If it isn't, it's because down deep, most of us genuinely crave the connection and true intimacy that marriage promises. The five-year marriage bridges the gap between disappointment and satisfaction. It's a paradigm shift away from the sentencing cycle demands of until death do us part and toward a new design that enables couples to make sense of the five of the marriage commitment within this ever-changing world. In the five-year marriage, you discover what it means to live a five-year marriage, what it takes to be a good five-year marriage partner, how to get your five-year marriage started, what to include in your five-year marriage contract, all those kinds of things. So the five-year marriage, it suggests, is a game changer. Okay, so I don't think this book is really about saying, I haven't read the book. Let me make that disclaimer. I have not read this book. I've just spoken with this woman. I've done a little bit of research on it to get a sense of what it means. But the five-year marriage, it's not like, oh, we're just a fickle society, so we should be able to get married every five years to somebody new. And that way, we never really have to get into the difficult, hard parts of people. We can just keep moving from one new relationship to the next new relationship. That's not what it's about at all. What the five-year marriage appears to be about is this idea that marriage is really a contract. It's built on this premise of making agreements with the partner that you're going into the marriage with. And the idea that whatever agreements we make when we're 20 or 30 or first getting married might not be the agreements that are going to last in that very same form all the way through for perhaps the next 65, 70, 75, or 80 years of our life. But just as with any arrangement, I mean, you can change the lease on your house, you can change the um, terms of your mortgage, you can, I mean, you can change almost anything else. What are the terms of the marriage? For what period of time does it make sense to make those terms? And how often does it make sense to review and perhaps create a new set of agreements? And that I believe, and again, without being an expert because I haven't read the book, is to say what the five-year marriage is. That it causes us and forces us to pause with our partner, look at things and say what's working, what's not working, is this still working? If we wanted to keep working, what are the terms that make sense now? Do some of the terms carry over from the last agreement? Great. Do we need some new terms or new agreements or new goals? and new ways of thinking about this marriage. 
And as I've watched marriages that have stayed together for long times, or I've just watched people who have done this perhaps without the formality of the five-year marriage program, but just on their own, I've seen that people are renegotiating lots of things. Sometimes one partner, we, they say, all right, I'm going to work. You stay home with the kids for a while. And that might work for a period of time. But then the partner who stayed home might say, you know what, I'm ready to go back to work. And that might mean some renegotiation of terms. Sometimes that's a very practical level. Well, I'm no longer going to be able to do all the chores I've done, so now we're going to have to think about dividing things differently. Or we need different kinds of space. Or sometimes a medical issue comes up. Or sometimes somebody just feels themselves growing. I know that in our coaching program, so many of the people attending felt like they grew and then wondered what's going to happen now that my spouse hasn't grown along with me. And there was no, like, it was difficult to figure out how to enter into that conversation. So this concept of the five-year marriage formalizes the process. From what I've read, the book, the book or the program suggests that you either decide on five-year terms or 10-year terms. And you and your partner can do that. And you can probably change and choose a 10-year one moment and a five-year the next time around or whatever you decide. And that there's also terms that if the, you choose not to re-up, what would be the terms to just dissolve the marriage so that there didn't have to be a big and long and lengthy divorce. Now, I'm sure there's some complications to that. I don't know how the book lays it out. But I wanted to be curious about the concept. What I like about the concept because I like any idea that calls us forward to become much more conscious about the way that we live our lives. And the idea of the five-year marriage does that. It provokes our thinking about how am I doing this marriage thing? Who am I showing up as? How am I being a partner here? What do I need from my partner? What are the agreements that we're basing this arrangement on what's important to us. What I've seen, I mean, experienced in my own life experience, and I've certainly seen in lots of other marriages, is that, or any kind of long-term relationship at all, is that we don't always renegotiate the terms. And what happens is little resentments start to pop up because one person has renegotiated terms in their mind without informing the other person or that partner was not open to a discussion of the redefining of the terms of the agreement. And now two people are working on a different sets of agreements. And that's where the clashes happen. And when we allow that to go on about one thing and then another thing and then another thing, the divide, that gap between partners can become so wide, sometimes it feels you know, irrevocably or um, irreversibly wide. And hence, that's where we often end up in divorce in some way. So I like this concept. And I also think about it in terms of children. Like if my children finished high school, at, well, first when they finished elementary school and went on to middle school, there is a bit of a renegotiating of terms as a parent. Well, I'm no longer going to be you know, in there every single day, they don't want to share everything with me. Maybe they're now packing lunches instead of me. Maybe we're having to renegotiate what the terms are of going out with friends as they become more independent. Certainly this happens in high school and then in college. So if we think about it consciously, we are, are there's always a need to renegotiate terms and agreements 
and think about goals and priorities together and how conscious are we to do it? How much do we make space to do it? The five-year marriage program is about creating that consciousness and saying, what happened if we formalized the making space for that? So I love, I'm really like, I loved being curious about this. I'm so appreciative of the opportunity I had to learn about it, to share it with you. And so the courageous connection, whether it is in parenting of one of your kids or it's in partnership with a long-term partner or a spouse, to have a courageous conversation, what are the terms of the relationship as it exists now when might it be time to renegotiate some terms, to set new goals, to set new priorities? When that might that become a productive thing to have happen? So I want to leave you with that courageous question. Also a word of caution there. Just because you've listened to this podcast and might think, huh, there's something really interesting about that. Remember that the person you're talking to has not listened to the podcast and might not be on the same page as you. Do you want to invite them to listen to the podcast before you open the conversation? Do you want to pick up a copy of the book and explore that further on your own before you open up a conversation? Bring consciousness to the exploration of this. Just because you might have an idea in your head or I might have an idea in my head, it doesn't mean the person I want to share with it is in the same place as me. So I don't want to stimulate any conversations that are going to create arguments, but more provoke our thoughtful curiosity about what the opportunities are to bring more and more consciousness into our relationships. So thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts, you can share them in our Courage to be Curious Facebook page where this podcast will be posted. You can always send them to me by email and invite us to continue to get curious together. Thanks so much for listening.